it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. Hey, Frankie. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> We've just been having a big conversation that was leading to a few tears of mine before we kicked off this episode, <laughs> <laughs> which we should probably, I should probably just have record on from the very word go because <laughs> the whole point of this podcast is to have the conversations that people aren't really having. And I've known you, like followed you, like you came onto my radar years and years ago when I started looking at food and and whole foods and that kind of thing. And there you were, you know, waving this flag and you were kind of, you were absolutely a pioneer in talking about the way that additives impact our health. And I've, I've always, you know, I've wanted to talk to you for a while and, you know, on the small step side of the business, but what I'd actually really loved us to talk about today is a little bit about who you are and I guess your story and how you came to it. You know, when I read stories like yours, I, I always think of that movie, Lorenzo's Oil. Did you ever watch that movie where that boy has, he has something wrong with him. I think it's in his brain and these parents just go on this mission. They just do not accept what the medical fraternity are telling them about their son. They just do not rest and they find, and they research and they find stuff and they find this oil. (laughs) They, they find a way to help their son. And it is like all the tears episode. Uh, movie for sure. But yours kind of seemed like that same thing. And you were really starting to research this and look at this way before the mainstream had caught on. So can you take us back to, was it 2006? You've got five boys now, but it was your first boy who kind of catapulted you into this world and what that kind of felt like back then. That's right. So back 2000, so he was born late 2006. So all of this probably started probably 2008, I think it was. So he just turned two, you know, he'd always had fresh homemade purees and food all the time before that. But, you know, I kind of find now, even with, you know, people in my community that that age, once they hit two and they're starting to, you know, get those convenient options in the supermarket, Mm -hmm. that's where problems are starting. So for me, it was like a very rare occasion going out to catch up with friends on the foreshore and I threw in a pack of highly ultra processed snacks that were highly flavoured into the bag just in case we're going to be stuck, you know, for hours on end or whatever. We were and he ate that whole box and this, you know, he's such an even-keeled kid. Like, you know, since I've had the other kids and seen, you know, what normal kids are like in terms of, you know, behavioural, you know, you know, the normal toddler to, to toddler, what do you call them? You know what I'm trying to uh, say. Yeah, toddler tantrums and... Normal toddler tra- tantrums. Yeah. He didn't have any of that. But what we saw that night was that he had completely and utterly changed. You know, his eyes had glazed over. Wow. Uh, 
couldn't couldn't register anymore. He was almost at headbanging, you know, wall material, massive tantrums. And I've gone, this is insane. I, I you know, complete contrast to his whole demeanour and behaviour for the prior two years. I'm sitting there going, I don't understand. And I remember that someone had actually told me about a connection between food and mood and mm. And I said, well, maybe something in that box. And I got the, I still had the pack and went and had a look at all the ingredients. I'm going, I don't know what any of these mean. I don't know what these numbers mean. I don't know what these, you know, words mean. And so from there, that just opened the, you know, can of worms, researching, trying to understand, you know, what these were and a process of taking those foods out of our diet and seeing him return back to normal. And then there'd be a process of, because I was working in corporate at that stage, kids going to daycare, then I'd start noticing that when they went to daycare, they would have very, these behaviours would return. I'm sitting there going, it must be, they must be providing different food to what I'm providing, go and have conversations with the daycare providers, get different food for them, then we'll be back to normal. Then you'd go and eat somewhere else. And so it was very clear for me, you know, and I'm a very methodical and structured person, so I could keep food diaries and see these, you know, these links. But back then, you know, over a decade ago, there wasn't a lot of options on the supermarket shelves. Um, It was really hard to be added to free then. I had to cook everything from scratch. Um, There was very, very few options. So that just started the whole journey. But then when each kid came along and there was an exposure, then someone would react in a different way. So, you know, it was really hard. And it's no wonder people have such a hard time understanding, you know, the link between what they're eating and their food. Uh, and their mood because some of the symptoms could be 24, 48 hours later. Mm. Um, One child might be hyperactive, another one might be aggressive, another one might have asthma, like all the symptoms presented differently. But if I took all those ingredients away, then we were back to a level playing field again. So that just, I remember being pregnant with my third and just finding out more information in terms of what the manufacturers were doing and putting into my food our food and I felt so let down by the government that we weren't you know I thought all the food on our shelves were you know that we had processes in place to make sure that they were safe yet I'm having all of these reactions in my kids so just built this huge fire within me going this you know people need to know about this you know if I'm having this surely there's other people experiencing the same issues so that's just what started the whole you know, opening that can of worms for me to understand, um, you know, what the food was doing to us. And, you know, over the last decade, it's been crazy, the journey. Um, it's it's not, you know, you learn everything and then, you know, you reach a plateau and you can carry on your way. Manufacturers keep changing things. Um, you know, their, their labels become greener, but there's still a ton of additives that are in there, but they're hidden. So it's just been this constant learning journey and sharing what I've learned with people. And I mean, it's such a cool story, but here's the thing is like, there's people who learn it and people who have to do it for their family. They start to recognize that this is a problem. And then there's people who want to share it. There's people like, so where did that come from in you? And like, you know, you just said before, like feeling angry at, at the government. I remember back in 2000 and 
seven and I worked on a TV show called Making the Switch on community TV and um, won all these awards, like corporates were behind it, the government was behind it and it was all about um, just really if you were an average everyday person but you wanted to make more sustainable changes, like sustainable choices, like what would you do? And, uh, and we took it to the networks and everyone was like, no one cares. <laughs> No one cares about sustainability. No one cares. Like, take it and keep it on Channel 31 because, and back in 2007, maybe they were right. People hadn't really made a connection. It was still very much a left kind of issue, whereas I think now it's becoming far more mainstream, still not enough. But how was that for you? That, like, did you feel like, and do you even still sometimes now feel like you're, you're beating your head against a, a brick wall? Are people ready for this message? Because ultimately what you're saying is that, you know, sometimes it can be confronting for people to realise that what they're doing is harming their children. It is very confronting. And, you know, I'm very much with the perspective, I'm not trying to change everyone's perspective on this. I just want to help those people that think that potentially there is an issue. Um, Most people, you know, kind of similar to the sustainability thing, most people would prefer to remain remain ignorant Mm -hmm. if if they don't know that there's a problem, then they don't have to change anything. But Mm -hmm. for the families that are having, you know, all these symptoms in their own children and they find out that there's potentially a link that if they remove those foods and they can actually have a normal life, then they're willing and they're willing to do the hard yards. But it's not an easy, it's not an easy transition for most of the population to go down that path. There has to be a really big incentive. And I had all the I had lots of issues as an as a child and an adult and I didn't look into it for myself. Mm. It was I did it because I saw it happening to my kids and you do anything for your kids. Um, so once I sorted it out for for the boys, then all those little niggles that I was experiencing always, they went away. But yep. nobody was able to share that. So what made you go down this path? You were in corporate before. Was it a natural thing for you to then like start a blog? Or like, what was your first? <laughs> Tell us how you became pretty much like an activist, really. Yeah. Um, no, definitely not a natural progression at all. You know, the worlds are so juxtaposed, really. Um, but I was highly passionate about this topic. And while I was in corporate, I was, you know, trying to think of ways that I could actually help in this regard. And I'd actually started down the path of creating a not-for-profit organisation and trying to pull in particular additive experts at that time to come on board and they were very keen and much needed but for whatever reason fell down at particular points for health or other reasons and I've gone okay maybe this isn't maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing and then so I just put it to rest for a little while and next thing I knew I had a friend you probably know her actually Joe. um Joe, the nutritionist um she actually messaged me and said um, there's a business for sale. It's called Additive Free Kids. And I said, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't need a business. I've got my corporate job. It's all good. And then I just kept thinking about it going, well, this is the perfect vehicle. This is, this is. <laughs> oh, thank you, universe, for putting this in my lap. Yes. Maybe it wasn't supposed to work the other way, but maybe it's supposed to work this way. Um, mm. I said, oh, I'll, I'll follow this path. And, you know, I'm very much of a, you know, opinion that if it's meant to be, then the doors will keep opening. 
and they did and, you know, the sale went through and it was all, all done. But then it was like, you know, obviously quite a big, you know, the worlds are very different between corporate and, you know, this world that we're in now and, you mm. know, quite a learning curve and I had twins that were little and, you know, so it took a little while to, um, you know, to understand. For, for me, it was very important to having that corporate focus, I suppose, come back to looking you know, where was industry at? I knew that the government had already done reviews. Um, what had people done prior to me coming in? What had they done and worked well? What had failed? So for me, it was very much, um, I knew that I wasn't going to get a lot of traction from um, uh, advocacy with the government. Maybe, you know, Chipping out away long term, maybe yes, but I coming being so I was a chartered accountant, being an auditor, I knew <laughs> that the quickest way to get the attention of manufacturers was to hit their bottom line. So for me, it had to be a grassroots movement, educating people, you know, to vote with their dollar every time that they're at the supermarket. And then as soon as those numbers start changing, you know, why they're not selling the same units they were or they're not as profitable, they will start researching why that is. And that would be the quickest way to get change. And we're still, you know, it's still five years later and things are changing. But, um, you know, you look at heading down an advocacy path with the government, and I am still doing that in the background, but that's not the driving force. It's got to be the people coming together and knowing this and voting with their dollar first. So that's that's how it kind of came about. But and I mean it's 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 like a it's like a mount it's like Mount Everest. It sort of feels that sometimes like I've felt with the with the food stuff. But once once one person or one mother connects, she'll change the whole like dynamic of her family she'll talk a different language to her children but she does have to be receptive to the message have you have you experienced backlash like have you had haters I mean you know I work with lots of of entrepreneurs and a lot of there's a lot of fear often that we can't we go out with a message that we know is going to help the people who it's meant for but there's also people who don't want to hear the message who are kind of caught up and, and find us and then you know it can be quite devastating sometimes when you're working really hard and then there's people just pushing back against you have you experienced that yeah um I think there's been backlash on a few different levels um there has been backlash at a home level at a like local community level and then at mm. a national level so you know um so in terms of, you know, I think any mum, you know, trying to bring, I'm lucky that I started early on when the kids were little. So I haven't had a lot of challenges, you know, for people that are trying to change later on down the track. Um, but there's still challenges that come, you know, kids see other lunchboxes, they want to be the same as everyone else. So there's this constant, you know, conversations and, you know, the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, in the community, especially this year, I found, you know, there's been a couple of controversial blogs that I've released, um, you know, like teachers giving um, food rewards to kids or, you know, sporting clubs handing out lollies after, you know, sport or those types of things. And that has actually become quite awkward in my local community because um, there's obviously people that support that idea and then there's people that don't. So when you're actually immersed in the community and you're seeing this play out, it can be a bit awkward. Um, 
And then on a national level, you know, I've had lots of backlash and nasty comments or threats of lawsuits or legal suits. Um, But at the end of the day, for me, it's about keeping focus and, you know, what's my aim? The aim is to educate people and to share this information. And as long as I'm sharing facts um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to slander anyone or anything. I'm just literally presenting this is what is in that particular food or product. It's then up to the to the community member to decide what they want to do with that. So, you know, there has been, there's definitely been flack from <laughs> all ways and all sides. Um, but, you know, I know how transformational it's been for my family. I know how trans- transformational it's been for people in my community um that just keeps me focused like what do you think it is about you have you always been kind of brave in that way like have you always considered yourself someone who is happy to go against the grain or stick their neck out um probably not as a as a young child I think once once I'd been through corporate for a while, definitely, um, definitely one to just have my say, especially if it's, you know, even if it's not a particular popular view, but, you know, I'm, I was always happy to, to speak up. Um, I'd say in the beginning in this world, you know, um, I was very cautious and there was some initially some fear, you know, what a big food going to do. You know, I've heard stories about what they've done to others in, you know, around the world. Um, And I've just tried to just dismiss that and focus on I'm just sharing information and I'm just sharing facts. So, you know, that's all I can do. And this, and I really feel that this is what I'm supposed to be doing here. Mm. Um, So, you know, I've, I've let that rest, but in the beginning, moving out from corporate into this world, that was definitely a fear. Yeah. I mean, people, there's so many people who struggle with being visible for their for their businesses or, or for their cause um, and also taking a stand. And I can remember someone saying to me once, if you don't have people disagreeing with you, then it's, then you're too vanilla. You're not like, you actually need to really say something that matters. And so people are going to disagree or they're going to love you for it. So just show up for the people who love you and appreciate it. Um, But the other question that I wanted to ask you too, I find it fascinating the people who move from corporate and obviously like I had no idea that you're an accountant before this. Um, That's just hilarious to me. Um, But because I just don't see you as that at all. I wasn't an uh, accountant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the world of entrepreneurship and, you know, selling your own stuff and putting a price on things and creating a business, you know, how have you found that? Like what challenges have you come up against? Do you come up against yourself a bit there? Totally. So yeah, she's just you could if you're not showing the video, she her eyebrows just almost reached her hairline. <laughs> it's been, I've had some challenging times in corporate, but there's been nothing more challenging than the journey of this entrepreneurship. Um and I and being an accountant, I know how businesses work, I know how profitability works, I get all of that. So for for me, this business has actually been the most trying because it's not like normal businesses. It's um, it's uncharted territory. It's 
lots of, you know, trying new things. Does that work? No. Try again. Does that work? No. So it's not, you know, it's not a typical business where I could go to a consulting and I've got clients straight away and I've got a profitable business. This is, Mm. this is very different. So there has been lots of challenges, um, but the, the cause and the mission and the passion keep driving me and I keep, it's this, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. It's nearly there. It keeps me going. Um, so this year is probably the first year that I can say, okay, I think this, this cause is going to continue sustainably now. But, yep. you know, it, it's definitely been a challenge as a chartered accountant going, why can't I make this, you know, why can't I make this work? You know, and it's because it's such new territory, I think. Um, it's so funny because I've got, we would come at this from such different perspectives. Like, oh, um, like I just I put my head in the sand really about the money side of things for a very long time, and now I'm like, was that to my detriment or was that to my benefit? That I was just like. I just feel like money flows. I don't know. It's always like where everything's okay. Well, that's um, I am now, but it's taken a long time to transition. Time to get that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're just like, I'll only invest if I've got this or it needs to be doing this. And then, and something that I see a lot too is people who genuinely, which is pretty much all of us, really, all of the women, especially in Australia, who, who I've coached or, you know, are in the mastermind and that sort of stuff, really really passionate about what they do and passionate about helping people and will go to no like like they're, they're the lengths that they will go to to provide content for free to show up all the time to communicate to add value to really like give 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 so much service so much for free and then when it comes time to saying and actually I have this for sale they they don't put any emphasis on that. Um, they're almost afraid to be able to say, hey, um, this is what I do. It's really valuable <laughs> and yeah. this is how much it costs. Like there's a lot of, and in corporate, you never have to, like you go for a job interview and then maybe a quarterly or yearly review where you ask for a little pay rise. And um, this is a completely different ball game, and it doesn't like yeah the cause is worthy, but yeah you need to run a business as well. Like you can't do this all of the education and advocacy and pioneering in this space without actually being able to support yourself. Exactly. But there's so many blocks people have about that. So many, but so I've I've changed my story. I've changed my story on that, and it's and very clear on you know, people understand the work that needs to be done and right behind it and, you know, explaining that, you know, to be able to continue this, um, you know, there needs to be some compensation for that. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to have to go back to corporate, you know, Um, have to feed the family. (laughs) Um, Yeah, right. But but why should that be a bad thing? Like in the first place, do you know what I mean? Like we've got, yeah, and I love that and it's not even compensation. Now I feel like I'm just about to coach you. <laughs> like you don't need compensation. Um, you, you know, you're allowed to, to have a, a healthy, sustainable business that provides for your family as well as doing really good work in the world. Like, and I know that. <laughs> this has taken you a while. Yeah, just, take, just taken a little while. Um, 
but you know there was, it was a steep learning curve for me coming oh. out of you know coming out of I was I was doing accounting for mergers and acquisitions like that is very very different. <laughs> <laughs> really really different to this world and you know the marketing side alone you know so the business has been more about challenging me personally to step through all of those barriers and you know being visible I don't mm-hmm. like camera I it's I know you love it but it doesn't come naturally to me yeah um but you know I understand that I have to push through those things if I want this message to you know reach more people so you know I'm I'm doing a lot better on that um but you know it's the fastest it's like the fastest path to personal development I would say having children and having your own business especially a business that requires you to be sustainable oh yeah, that you want to actually have work instead of just have as a hobby. Totally agree. Business and kids, definitely. So it's been it's, a full-on five years. <laughs> yeah, well done you. With five children, no less, and the last the last two were twins. That's so right. you went for a fourth and you had four and five. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Yeah, we were speechless for three weeks. <laughs> what have I actually done? What are we doing? Five we children. Worried. Who has five children? We were worried about what four would do to the dynamics of the family. <laughs> but didn't you guys go for a really massive trip around Australia? Didn't you? Kind we of. Did. So at that time, we'd done a big trip around WA and through the centre of Australia. And then later, when the twins were older, we did a trip around Oz. So good. It was the best thing ever. Was it? And and you continue to work on the business and continue to grow that and have that as income while you were on your way. I definitely continue to work on it, not necessarily <laughs> income at that point in time. <laughs> There's a lot of investing happening. <laughs> so, what is next then for for the business and for you? What's twenty twenty so, bringing? Next, so in this last year, we've had um, we undertook a trial with some supermarkets in Perth where um, we had shelf talkers or shelf tickets with endorsement logos. So then um, customers could identify which products were added to free, and that was awesome to to understand that when customers are shopping and they're actually provided with the information, they actually make really great choices and added to free products were flying off the shelves. And we're like, oh, my God. Wow. Wow. It was awesome. Um, so it was a fantastic trial. Um, it's not that particular way we had undertaken that at the time isn't uh, replicable or scalable, you know, to every supermarket. So for me, for 2020, it will be pursuing that endorsement logo to have on the front of packs. Um, Amazing instead so you know that story was picked up you know on today tonight and all in the retail mags it's definitely something that's needed so you know obviously we'll be continuing with our advocacy efforts and um our education courses so you know helping mums in the home but you know they're wanting obviously a lot of assistance you know in the supermarket at that point in time they don't want to go through an app they you know yes yes oh my god it's genius yes at the point of purchase they need to make no yes that's when they need it um and then going on so we'll see how that progresses but you know following on from there you know our mission or my mission is you know to have additive free food anytime and anywhere so 
you know, that's sorting out in your in your home life. That's, you know, easy enough to get on top of, not easy enough, but it's manageable. Eating out and about is the next major hurdle or challenge mm-hmm. um, for the community members. So, you know, whether that endorsement extends out to those types of venues, um, yeah. that's, that's what I'll be pursuing. But, you know, there's lots of trial and, you know. Oh, testing. my God. Do you know what I just love, just how big you think? Like, let's just take it to the freaking supermarkets. Yep. <laughs> like, it's when you're listening to your community and this is what they're telling you, this then, is what they're, then, yeah. Then, oh, my gosh. I think it's amazing. And also, like, because do people genuinely, generally know that the star rating is bullshit? Or do you think um, that they still? Think in my community, yes. I think, yeah. but, you know, there's been some education to assist that yeah. in the way. Um, yeah. I'm not sure across the board whether 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 that is the case or not. Um, and I know there's a lot of work continuing on that rating to make it better and to look at you know added sugar and stuff. But you know I've lobbied the Health Star rating um, review panel and asked to have additives included in that review. And there's there's no interest. Like you know if you consider how many manufacturers have products on supermarket shelves that are laden with additives, like, you know, it's a massive change and hit to their bottom line. So there's no interest. No. Oh, my God. I'm so fascinated by all the work that happens that you're doing behind the scenes and how grateful we all should be because you're out there doing it. Um, Really, like, amazing. So no one knows what goes on, like what people are tinkering away on and um, where one passion of yours could take things like here in Australia. It's actually quite extraordinary. I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you for talking to me today. Uh, it was good to get a little bit more of an insight because, you know, it's not easy to stand in your in a, in a position that is kind of un, uncool um, unpopular um, against the mainstream and and grow a business from that <laughs> and you know keep keep active in what is a very very tricky industry you know the food manufacturing industry is is no joke and it's massive and there you are Frankie Bell <laughs> amazing keep fighting for us we'll do. I'm grateful to you. Thank you so much for today. Thanks for having me. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode. 